In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When I was in seminary, I took a number of classes uh, from Dr. Rossi, and some of you have gotten to know Dr. Rossi through his uh, book, um, All is Well, which we've been reading in our women's teaching on Wednesdays for the last few months, as well as he was here a few years ago for our um, uh, women's retreat, and he has a great podcast on Ancient Faith Radio. Uh, But anyway, suffice it to say, I took a lot of classes with Dr. Rossi, and in one of those classes, uh, there were both second years and third years together in the class. And at the end of the year, the third years are the ones who are about to graduate, the end of the year, Dr. Rossi asked all of the third years to one by one go up and to say the most important thing, one sentence, the most important thing that they learned while they were in seminary. As you might imagine, seminarians are people, and so some of them were really great, some of them were really funny, and um, you know, seminarians are weird people, so some of them were weird. Uh, but one of them, one of my classmates, went uh, into to the front of the class, and he stood there, and he bowed his head, and he walked away. And we all kind of chuckled and, okay, you know, it's so-and-so. He's just being his own self. But he was the only one, or, or perhaps the one that said the most important thing. Because, as Dr. Rossi made sure to point out to us, what he had learned in seminary was how important it was to be silent. How important that it is for us to be silent. And I bring that up today because today we are celebrating in the second Sunday of Great Lent, we are celebrating the Sunday of St. Gregory Palamas, and his icon is actually uh, up here um, at the top there next to the icon of the Nativity. And uh, it's every year we celebrate the second Sunday of Great Lent, uh, our Father among the Saints, uh, St. Gregory Palamas. And really the way that it's talked about is like, uh, it's as if it were another triumph of orthodoxy. Last week we had the Sunday of orthodoxy and its great triumph. But the Fathers kind of talk about St. Gregory as himself showing the triumph of orthodoxy. Because last week we said that this is the faith that has established the universe. And this week, in the life of St. Gregory Palamas, we really have the proof that that is true. Because he was an extraordinarily holy person. Now, if you have a bulletin in front of you, the first quote, and actually all of the quotes that are on here today are from St. Gregory Palamas, and I could have gone through and put 50 other ones in there. Uh, So please do take an opportunity at some point to read them. But the first thing that's on there under the listing from the fathers is actually taken from the hymnography of the church that talks about who Gregory is. It says in the hymnography, You have become a mirror of God, O Gregory. For you have kept without stain that which in yourself is according to the divine image and bravely established your mind as master over the passions of the flesh. You have attained that which is according to God's likeness. So you have, and it's supposed to say become there. I'm sorry about my typing skills. So you have become the glorious dwelling place of the Holy Trinity. And that is Gregory Palamas, but Lord willing, that is our goal, to be the mirror of God. Because we, as human beings, 
We are created in the image and likeness of God, as that hymn continues to say. He kept those things that were part of the image, and he, he put on more and more and more to become more and more in the likeness of God by doing those virtuous actions. And so he then becomes a mirror of God, really and truly fulfilling what Christ says in the Sermon of the, on the Mount when he tells the people, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Because by doing those virtuous acts, St. Gregory was able to then be that mirror of God, reflecting the goodness of God in the world. And St. Gregory did it by championing silence. He was the champion of silence. He's best known for his writing and work on Hezekiah, which means calm, stillness, silence. Because he knew that there was only so far that we can go to actually study and learn about God. And I say about God, because really the only way to truly know God is not just to read about him, but it's to actually know him. And that involves stillness. That involves silence. And St. Gregory, in fact, he was there in the, he was born at the end of the 13th century and he lived on into the 14th century. And uh, it was said that when he was the Archbishop of Thessalonica, there was some point of his ministry where he actually, from Monday to Friday, would hold himself away in silence. And then on Saturday and Sunday, he would be the most vibrant, fiery preacher because he was able to take the things that he had gained from his knowledge of who God truly is and then be able to bring it to the people. So it's not that he didn't debate, he did. It's not that he didn't preach, he did. And you can find a bunch of great sermons down in the library or you can Google St. Gregory Palamas on any feast that you want and you'll find probably some of the best sermons ever written on any of the, sub, on any of the, the feast days of the church. So he did all of those things, but he did them because he knew God, because he was able to cultivate silence and the importance of knowing God in the silence. Be still and know that I am God, as the scripture says. And so he was able to cultivate that. And really, the gospel reading this morning, we have even an example of what that might even look like and what St. Gregory is talking about. Because in this great healing that we have, where uh, these, these men bring their friend who is paralyzed and on a pallet, and they can't bring him into Jesus, and they bring him up and uh, uh, take a part of the roof off and lower him down to the feet of Jesus, we don't have a single word from that paralyzed man. You know, oftentimes the Lord will ask the question of someone who wants to be healed. Do you want to be healed? Or we'll have some sort of dialogue with them. Not in this case. In this case, we have silence from the paralytic. He is there in the presence of God. And what he hears first is, your sins are forgiven. In the silence, in the presence of God, he is able to have the Lord and the words of the Lord enter his ears and say, your sins are forgiven. And then the Lord doesn't stop there. The man doesn't have to say that, no, never mind my sins, I want to be healed of my paralysis. He didn't say anything. And he continued to accept the wisdom and words of God, and he heard the Lord tell him, 
rise, take up your pallet, and go home. And he picks up his pallet, and it still doesn't say that he says anything. In the silence, in the presence of God, he heard his sins are forgiven and that his paralysis was removed. And brothers and sisters, that's what we need. We need to hear the Lord tell us our sins are forgiven, and we need the paralysis of our souls to be removed. Because we are paralyzed, we are atrophied in our spiritual strength, and so we need to be in the presence of God and actually hear his words in order for that uh, sickness and that weakness and that atrophy and that paralysis to be removed from us. And the only way we get that is through cultivating silence. And the world doesn't want us to be silent. The world throws at us all kinds of noise. And we fill our hearts and we fill our eyes and we fill our ears with all kinds of noise. And you know what I'm talking about. Whether it's reading noise, scrolling on our phone, or actually literal noise uh, pulsating into our eardrums. The world wants to keep us out of silence because the world doesn't want us to know who God truly is. Maybe to know a little bit about him, but not to know who he truly is because that's where real action comes in. And so, brothers and sisters, we are encouraged on the second Sunday of Great and Holy Lent to know that this is the faith that has established the universe, as we talked about last week, and that what happens when we actually apply ourselves to it is forgiveness of sins and the relieving of the paralysis of our souls. And we get there through silence, through listening to the Word of God and then attuning our hearts to be able to then go out and do those virtuous actions in the world. I want to close with St. Gregory Palamas because uh, it's not in your bulletin because I stumbled on another great quote after I'd ar- we'd already printed up the bulletin. And it's in this great book, Pilgrimage to Pascha, uh, that I've been following. It's just a daily devotional through Great Lent. But in it, St. Gregory Palamas, I think, very well sums up exactly what I'm talking about, our need to have the paralysis of our souls lifted so that we can attune ourselves to God. So St. Gregory says, Our eyes must acquire a gentle glance, attractive to others and conveying the mercy from on high. Similarly, our ears must be attentive to the divine instructions, not only to hear them, but as David says, to remember the commandments of God in order to perform them. Our tongues, our hands, and our feet must likewise be at the service of the divine will. And so that's our entire being, being relieved of paralysis. The only way to get there, to truly know God, to have our sins forgiven, and to have the paralysis of our souls to be lifted is to cultivate silence. And so, brothers and sisters, if you don't remember anything else, or perhaps at the very end of Great Lent, uh, you'll be able to tell someone the most important sentence that you learned, Lord willing, all you'll do in summing up your Lent is standing there with your head bowed, Because you learned the importance of silence. May the prayers of St. Gregory Palamas enrich our hearts so that we can be silent and know God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.